And we are back again, Natty Talk, episode number seven. Rise Network Studios, Shelby Township, Michigan. Cade Lewitsky, Mitch McCartney, coming to you. How's it? How's it going, Cade? It's going great. It was a great Saturday. I had a great weekend. You know, I'm just happy to be here. I didn't have a very good weekend. <laughs> Why not? I. You know, there was some some things that took place on Saturday that you know just they, they, it kind of rubs a man the wrong way. You know, that's Kentucky loss, wasn't it? It is, con- yeah. Con- you, you were high in Kentucky. They yeah. went into uh, Will Levis Omar, is my guy, man. Uh, State. I love talk. Will Levis. Yeah. Mark Stoops. How all right? How was the uh, how was the commute to uh, East Lansing from Chicago? The commute was not fun. Rained every second. I was driving, but however, being in East Lansing for that game as an alum there, uh, I I didn't really get the experience the last two years, but it was definitely hands down the craziest I've ever seen East Lansing. Tons of Michigan State fans, tons of Michigan fans. It was awesome. Did you witness any uh, car flippings, any couch burnings? No, not this. The only time I witnessed that was uh, freshman year, uh, Michigan State, Penn State, when they had the delay, and then we kicked the game winner. That was the only time I witnessed some couch. Well, in the, the final four, when we made it to the final four after beating that Duke team. Oh, yeah. Those are the two times I've witnessed couch burning, but not this time. I heard Cedar, uh, Cedar Village was pretty crazy. Oh, I bet. Can you, like, as an MSU alum, can you give me a little bit of background? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that, like, couch burning is, like, a Michigan State thing. Yeah, I didn't really know much about it either until I got there. And, I mean, they've been doing it since, like, the 90s. So, it's just like, uh, you know, win a big game, burn a couch. Even, like, I was at a tailgate on Saturday, and they had a couch outside. Like, some people were sitting out watching TV. And, like, the guy guy knew came up to me, you know, we said hello. He was like, yeah, that couch is pretty old. So, if we win, we're just going to burn it. And I was like, that's just peak peak Michigan State right there. (laughs) There's nothing – there's not a more college statement ever. (laughs) Yeah, like just, we just pull up to a tailgate and they're like, yeah, we're just uh, we're going to drink some beer, eat some food. And then, you know, if we win a game, you know, maybe we'll just set the couch on fire in the, bar, uh, in the street. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Like a sequel to Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, Win a Big Game, Burn a Couch. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's funny. It's weird. Like, it's a weird tradition, I guess. But it is makes makes it unique, I guess. I don't know. It's whatever. It, hey, let's East Lansing PD meet their quota for the month, though. I saw there's. I was talking to my dad. There's like only like four arrests on Saturday. I said that's a pretty good number for all the people there. I thought that's it would be pretty. Pretty, pretty. I don't know if that was like a true number, or if that was just like the first uh, roll in. But you know, four. That's pretty good. You know, if, they, if someone said four arrests on Saturday, I said thumbs up. You know. Yeah, I heard there was a ton of issues. Like, just with. I mean, I know they had to be expecting a crowd. But I heard that East Lansing in general was just a madhouse, like with traffic patterns and they, they just simply did not have enough like law enforcement on staff to have everything go smoothly. But Hey, if they got out of the day with only four arrests, it's a thumbs up yeah. in my book. <laughs> Clap it up. Yeah, All right. Let's get into last week's picks. Cade, how'd you do against the spread last week? Against the spread was five and four. So not terrible. Uh, technically profited. Uh, I only lost one game. So I went six and one on the game picks. I lost Texas because they just never show up. And then my extra picks, Mitch, got to start tailing my extra picks. Four and one this week, UCLA, the only extra pick loss. I mean, I got, I've had to have won like four out of the last five with those. So I'm doing something right. I don't really know what, but it's kind of just the eye test that I went in those. But, you know, it's been pretty, it's gone pretty well with the bats lately. Um, over-unders I've been hitting. I know I said I wasn't going to do any last week, and I hit both of them. So, you know, we'll take it. There we go. Man, he's rolling. I end of things. Uh, not great this week, three and four. Uh, it's a, a, little, a little bit of a rough week this week. But, hey, you know, the past two weeks uh, I was pretty good. So we're just going to have to bounce back. Just uh, just like my school is going to have to bounce back. But and we know when they're not capable of doing that. So, Uh, that's neither here nor there let's get into a quick quick recap of last week's games before we get into our breakdown of the huge Michigan Michigan State game we'll start here Wisconsin the Badgers man we thought they were done they most certainly are not they have won four games in a row 
take care of business against the Iowa Hawkeyes. What's going on in Wisconsin, Cade? How they doing? Yeah, I was on them. Uh, I just trust them at home most of the time, and I thought, you know, Iowa's fraudulent, don't trust the offense. I still don't agree, don't agree with either team being ranked. It's still, like, Iowa, or Wisconsin's, like, 5-3. and three. They're, like, ranked 21st, and Iowa's, what, 6-2, dropped two of their last three. Oh, I, I, but the committee does their thing. Uh, but Wisconsin, you know, took care of business. It wasn't really close, so good for the Badgers. And then on going down south, Georgia still rolling, absolutely hammers Florida. I really don't feel like there's you know much to say here. I mean, that's I, I mean I don't know what you think, but that's what I expected to happen. We've been saying this all year. This Georgia defense is probably the best defense in college football in the past five years, maybe the past decade. If I do dare to say, they're amazing. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, not really, but, you know, if you kick a field goal down 24 nothing, you deserve to miss it, especially when it was, like, a 23-yarder. I don't know what you do there. Like, you know, play with some pride. I don't know. Florida's, Florida's weird, uh, but Georgia's still top dog, like you said. Florida is a strange program, man. They're all they're – all, they got potential as just a program, you know, being – they got the history and stuff, but they're all over the place. Yeah. It's either, like, they compete or they just completely shut down and never show up to any games for the season. It's kind of like – one and one or the other. Yep. And then we had a huge SEC battle. Auburn hosting Ole Miss, and Ole Miss finally, finally paid for their lack of defense. And Auburn came away with the win. So, I mean, do you have anything to say about Ole Miss? Are you any hot takes or anything? Or is this still just Matt Corral going to the chiropractor just about every day because his back hurts so much from carrying this football team? Yeah, no, I wasn't able to watch much college football this weekend besides the Michigan-Michigan State game just because I was there. But, you know, we after after uh, K-9 went nuts, you know, we were kind of hoping Corral had like a calm day, you know, let's move him down a little bit. And he did. And, you know, Bo Nix actually looked pretty good from what I saw. So, you know, shout out Auburn. I'm, I'm high on Auburn. I, I don't trust Bo Nix. I still won't. I probably never will. But I'm still high on Auburn. I think they have a great team around them. You're just you're just upset because Bo Nix ruined your bet when you had Oregon in his first ever football game. Absolutely, I, and it's not even that he ruined it; it's that he proceeded to be bad after he ruined it. Like <laughs> if he was like if he became like a legend after that, or even like a decent like he's a good football player, right? He's at Auburn, but you know if he excelled and you know was competing for SEC championships and stuff like that, then I would be like, all right, you know why am I hating on this dude? But you know he. He's lost me money, so, you know, not a huge fan. I will, will say that. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, hey, Penn State, we thought they were dead in the water. They most certainly are not. They go down to Columbus at night when I, – I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I love those Ohio State uniforms. But, I mean, chef's kiss, dude. Like, those looked mm-hmm. amazing. Anyways, Penn State goes down to Columbus – and plays a very, very competitive football game, only losing by nine to the Buckeyes uh, going in. At least when we made our picks, the spread was minus 18 and a half uh, in favor of Ohio State. So, hey, man, I mean, the Nittany Lions, they're, they are um, definitely out of the playoff talk at this point, out of the Big Ten title talk at this point, but they still have some games left. They can still get big wins against Michigan, against Michigan State. I think there's a path for them to get into a New Year six. It's just a matter of if they're going to win their games or not. And it good for Sean Clifford, man. He's he's getting healthier, looking better, and things are looking up for Penn State. Yeah, I thought his first half, he was throwing some dimes. You know, he had some zip on the ball. He knew what he was doing. He was, you know, frustrating the Ohio State defense. But, you know, in the end, they just didn't have enough juice. I think they're just, you know, play spoiler, beat someone. Uh, just keep winning, you know, don't let that Illinois game, you know, sit in the back of your mind. Uh, but besides that, you know, I, like I said, I still think James Franklin's out, unfortunately for them. I don't know if that's good or bad for, you know, Penn state fans, but you know, just, you know, just make it to a, a bowl game that, you know, people respect and win it and then go from there. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, no, I agree. I could see James Franklin at USC because mm-hmm. he can sell things and, you don't really need somebody to sell USC to recruits, but I think if you do, it gets even better. So I, I definitely could see him coaching the Trojans next season. 
or yeah, for, sure. for them for the matter of fact i mean nah, that would just be awesome just anything with urban meyer you know sign me up for because i just want to see how it unfolds oh it's it's going to be entertaining with that guy there's <laughs> never a dull moment with uh with urban all right let's get to the game that me and cade most care most about that most likely you the audience cares most about i'm gonna let my friend in green here take it off because he does unfortunately have the bragging rights for uh, I mean, well, it feels like you've had the bragging rights for freaking forever, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So, Cade, what would you what'd you see on Saturday out of the Spartans? What would you see out of the Wolverines? How'd it go down? What happened? Yeah, so, I mean, happy with the outcome, obviously. Um, a win's a win. Uh, happy they fought back, you know, didn't give up. And, you know, just proud of the team itself. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see the first, like, I guess a couple of drives because I was trying to find somewhere to watch the game. A bunch of TVs went out at the tailgate I was at, so I was, like, jumping around. So, I, I Andrew Anthony went for 93 yards or whatever, and I was like, all right, like, here we go. Um, I said at the beginning uh, – well, I guess the beginning of our rundown last week, like, don't have Peyton Thorne, you know, be yourself, don't make mistakes. And he threw two picks in the first half. And I was like, all right, like – so are we really going there? You know, Kane was looking good. Even JJ was looking good in the first half. And then, you know, I got to watch the full second half. You know, I was kind of up and like all around college town. You know, I was like trying to stay focused. You know, I was talking to people I haven't seen in a while. And then I watched the whole second half, you know, kind of in my own element. And uh, it was fun to watch. I will be honest, you know, after that, after they went up 30 to 14, you know, it was all Michigan state and, you know, I mean, Kenneth Walker, not much to be said, five touchdowns, almost 200 yards. I mean, what a fine. I mean, that's got to be one of the best transfers in, like, college history at this point, like just what he's doing uh, on the football field. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, man, I feel bad for the guy. I feel worse for Cade because he was having such a good game and they were taking him out and, you know, J.J. was making mistakes. Like K through for 400 yards almost, and they, like he hasn't done that all year. They exposed the Michigan State defensive backs, which I, which we talked about. You know who's going to get exposed more, and turns out it was Michigan State, and then it turns out it was Michigan's front seven on defense. So it was like, all right, like we weren't 100 percent on that. But JJ McCarthy would still be a really good quarterback. And I don't think Michigan fans should like stress anything about that. I just you know I'll stress stress the coaching decisions because I will say again, you know they did get out coached, especially in that second half. And, you know, Harbaugh continues to make mistakes that, you know, will hurt him down the road and probably will hurt him to end this season. So, you know, like I said, um, happy with the win. You know, there's things we can nitpick about, but, you know, I'm just content, you know, move on the next week, play Purdue. But, you know, it is nice to have uh, Paul stay home. So I'll leave it at that. You know, Paul's just on vacation, but. I mean, whatever. Yeah. He's just on a vacation. Long, a year, yearly vacation for the second year. I mean, if you want a vacation in East Lansing, go ahead, Paul. But I just uh, – unless you like sitting on burned couches or flipped cars. We, give, we, give, we don't give him couches. We give him a throne. <laughs> Paul's throne. I see yeah. what you there. Yeah. Um, Michigan side things. Man, um, c- couldn't have asked for a better start. I mean, first drive of the game – like you said, Thorne overthrows it. RJ Moten comes up with the interception. And then a couple drives later, crazy tip at the line of scrimmage. Ball goes about a mile in the air, and somehow Mike Morris comes down with it. You know, Michigan did a lot right in this game, and I think it's just the a continuation of the legacy of Jim Harbaugh. And people are like, oh, well, what legacy does he have? He hasn't beaten his rivals really. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's the legacy right there. I mean, he, he just continues to, and I was, you know, I was on my, my other podcast, um, guys being dudes last night. And I was telling my co-host, I was like, you know, I, I think that you can compare the lions in Michigan football. You know, like people always say, man, the lions will find a way. I'm pretty sure the lions have lost a football game in every possible way, shape or form that you can lose a football game. And I said that, you know, Michigan is similar in the sense that they will find a way to lose a rivalry game. It's just, it's honestly impressive, to be quite honest with you, because I went through the team box score and the only stat that Michigan State beat Michigan in, or I'm sorry, two stats that Michigan State uh, did better than Michigan was overall rush yards. And it wasn't by a ton. It was by like 45 yards, I think. 
and yards per carry, which yards per carry was pretty significant. I believe Michigan was like, it was like in between four and four and a half. And I think you guys were a little over six and a half. So it was a little significant on the yards per carry, but it, it's just ridiculous at this point. I mean, seriously, you go up 16 points halfway through the third quarter that you shouldn't lose that game. You have one of, and I'm putting air quotes because we didn't rush the ball very good. And I do think some of that is because of the game plan. As we talked about last week, Michigan state having a struggling secondary and uh, Hey, Kate showed out, man. Like Kate, we all owe a formal apology to Cade McNamara because the man can absolutely throw the football. Now he does have to work on his long balls he did overthrow a couple of those again in this game. I do think that will come with development, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm real happy for Cade. And as you brought up JJ McCarthy, you know, I thought he played great. He had a really, really nice touchdown pass, puts it right over the defender where only his receiver can get it. And, you know, then he has those, he has those two fumbles and we were lucky that the first one got kicked out of bounds. And if, if I'm Harbaugh, honestly, I have my starter, Cade McNamara, playing lights out, playing the best game of his career in the most important game of his career. And I have my, you know, my five-star true freshman here who is just oozing with talent. And he does very, very well just about every time he comes into the, into the game. But after that first fumble, in that situation, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, J.J. doesn't see the field the rest of the game. And that obviously the decision to put him back on the field proved very costly and he fumbled Michigan state recovered. that led to another Kenneth Walker touchdown of one of his five on the game. And, you know, lo and behold, we end up losing to Michigan state again when we shouldn't have. And it's just, it's just frustrating, man. And it sucks because, and because I got to listen to Jim Harbaugh bitch about the fucking refereeing in that game, which I'll, I will be the first to say, and I would like to hear your opinion on it as a state fan and, and an intelligent sports fan. You know, someone that can't be like, no, Michigan State didn't get uh, every single call when they did. I'm not saying the refs were like paid off or anything like that. I'm just saying I don't think it was a very well officiated game. I do think that the Peyton Thorne, uh, Peyton Thorne strip sack uh, touchdown, I thought it was absolute asinine that they called that back. If you want to say his shin was, shin was down, I'm okay with that, but I do not think there's any way, shape, or form that they found inconclusive evidence that he had control of the ball when his shin did go down. But the main thing about that is that you never complain about officiating as a coach because what you're teaching your players is that you didn't lose that game because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. You lost that game because the refs screwed you. And that is, I mean, you are doing a great injustice to your players if you are, you know, teaching them that. And it does, it trickles down. You know, there's a, there's a vertical integration in college football where, and I talked about this last night on my other podcast, where the football team will take on the personality of the head coach. You know, Mel Tucker is an extremely tough-minded guy. No shocker that his football team is tough as nails. It was the same thing with D'Antonio. Same thing with most of D'Antonio's football teams. Uh, besides like 2016, when you guys are like 2-10. The Probably the worst Michigan yeah. State team I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, it's, it's just sad. And you know, I got to sit here and I got to – I mean, we still have a season to salvage, you know. But it's just hard because it feels like it's over to me. Because Michigan, in, my, in my life, Michigan has never been able to overcome a huge loss like this mentally. They, are, they have the talent. They have the talent on the field to win at the national level in, this, um, in college football. And I think that the mindset of this program is so far away from a championship mindset that it is, it's just it's sad and it's ridiculous, honestly. And I do think that there needs to be changes. There needs to be a head coaching change. I've been saying this for a while. I highly doubt it will ever happen because I believe the narrative coming into the season was that, hey, we're only expecting Harbaugh to win seven, seven games, eight games high, high end. You know, most likely, in my opinion, I think we're going to end up going nine to three. I do think we drop this, drop the game to Penn State because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, have they announced the time for that game yet? Or is it still to be determined? Um. No, they usually don't renounce them now until 
the next week because they want to put the best games on TV. So I'm assuming, you know, Michigan, well, Ohio State's usually noon. And I think, then I think they're going to State will, game. Penn State will be a 3.30, 7.30, depending on what the other games look like for that slate. See, I bet, I, I bet, because nearly every time that Michigan comes to Happy Valley, they make it like night nighttime and a whiteout, and it's <laughs> nearly impossible to win there. So I, I, I think you can chalk that one up for a loss. Um, and then the Ohio State thing, you know, like I just don't have any reason to believe that they're going to come up, come in there with the correct mindset to win that game. Because inevitably you are going to – maybe they don't get down in that game, but something bad is going to go your way. And it's all about how you react to it. You know, there's that saying, life is 9 or 10% um, – I'm sorry, 10% what, ha- what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Well, Michigan reacts horrible to bad things. They get the mm-hmm. woe is me type attitude. So – I mean, listen, I don't want to go too much farther into it because I went through all this, you know, last night and I'm getting stressed out just talking about it. So I want to hear your end of things, um, your end of things from the Michigan side. Like, do you think, first of all, how do you think the officiating went in that game? Yeah, like I told you, I didn't like much of the first half, you know, I wasn't really able to watch, which made me upset. Uh, second half, I didn't really think it was terrible in the second half, like uh, the fourth and whatever play. If you run a pick route, you know, obviously you're not trying to make it become a pick route, and you lead both defenders into one guy, I don't, and you throw it to the wrong guy, you know, you can't complain about pass interference. You made the wrong read on that play. If you hit the out route, it would have been a first down. So, like, that one was a little confusing. Uh, someone complained about the interception end it was PI. I don't, I don't think he touched the guy. Like, yeah. there was some, okay. like, there was some at the end of the game where they were just like begging for stuff. Uh, I understand, like, the whole play with the shin and stuff like that, you know. But, we, I mean, I've been, like, we've been Detroit sports fans. Like, we deal with it, like, with that so often. Like, I wasn't surprised when, like, stuff doesn't go Michigan or Michigan State's way. And it was unfortunate that, you know, it was – it did seem like a one-sided rough game. Um, And, you know, that's what everyone's going to complain about. Uh, You know, like I said, if it was flipped, like, if Michigan won – and Michigan State, like, lost the lead, you know, I wouldn't be upset, like, with the refs. However, I always say this. I've said it my whole life throughout sports, too. You know, I do compl- – I, I have complained about refing, uh, uh, refing throughout, like, my career, like, playing sports and watching sports. But if, you, if you're if you up 16 and five minutes left in the third quarter and you blame it on the refs, you know, just hold a lead. I mean, stop one of the two two-point conversions. Um, don't let Kevin Walker go for five touchdowns. There's multiple things you can harp on. Score um, I do. A sing- I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. Score a single touchdown on one of the four drives that you ended up kicking a field goal on. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, you know, there's different things that you can do to win a football game. You know, it's easy to blame the refs, but at some point you just got to look and be like, we gave up 37 points, um, didn't play a good second half. So, you know, uh, there were good things, though. Like I said, there's a lot of good things about Michigan, you know. I don't really understand Harbaugh. I still don't. Andrew Anthony comes out six for 155 and two touchdowns. Haven't seen him all year. Uh, was he hurt? Uh, were you saving him? Like, not letting Kate throw? Is that what it was? It's just stuff like that. I mean, it's weird, man. You know, I'd be I'd struggle to be a Michigan fan uh, and watch that dude, Harbaugh, that is, continue to make the same mistakes, continue to lose the big games, you know. At some point, it just becomes repetitive. And, you, like, you literally feel like a loser just, like, man, we can't win a big game. Like, just get someone else new in there. Who cares? Who cares if you, you don't find someone with Harbaugh's resume or find someone, you know, that you think could take you to the next level? You have to take a chance at someone because I don't think it really can get worse. You know, you could have, like, a losing season at some point, but, you know, at least you're not losing every game that, you know, you should probably win or at least you should compete in. You know, there's different things that, you know, you can look at, but you know, uh, the weirdest part about it is Michigan can still make it the big 10 championship. If you really want to get, uh, you know, go into specifics with Michigan, if they beat Ohio state, you know, Michigan state loses Ohio state, all that fun stuff. So I think Michigan will continue to do well. Um, who they, they got Indiana. I mean, they'll beat Indiana. Um, do they play Purdue or Maryland? One of those two. So it goes Indiana, Penn state, Maryland, Ohio state. Yeah, I mean, the Penn State-Ohio State game will be tough. Hopefully for them, you know, they can win one of those. Um, you know, 10-2 is not bad. It's just unfortunate. 
Uh, just how you go 10 and two, if you go 10 and two again, and both of your losses are to your rivals. Yeah. And and we got to see, we have to see how those season plays out because I mean, you know, there is a, we have to see how they play against Ohio state. Do I think they'll win? No, but if they get, if we get a, um, what was it? 2018 against Ohio state when they just absolutely mopped the floor with us 62 to 39, if it's another one of those performances, you might as well just put a paper bag over your head because you're a joke. You're a, a joke, Jim. <laughs> a big joke. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's true too. Like, if you think about it, like best case scenario, it could be Ohio State, Michigan State, or Ohio State and Michigan are both ten and one. Ohio State's going into Ann Arbor for the biggest game of the season. You know, it becomes bigger than Michigan, Michigan State. Because that means that Michigan State lost to Ohio State. And if Michigan State loses to Ohio State, that probably means uh, – I know it means Ohio State's ahead of Michigan State in the rankings. And then at that point, you know, if Michigan ends up beating Ohio State, then Michigan would be higher than both of them, and they would make their way in. So if you don't show up for that game as Jim Harbaugh – and, you know, if they play a tough game – I know it's like sounds re- uh, repetitive. Like, they play a tough game, you know, lose by a touchdown or less – and like though they competed, you know, there's a good game plan, you know, maybe, you know, Ohio State was just better, believe it or not. You know, there wasn't mistakes, um, you know, rest or five, whatever you want to put it at. But if he gets blown out of the water, I don't know how you walk into the next season and be like, we trust this dude again. I think you just got to cut him loose. I really don't care what you do, you know, if it's before or after the bowl game, who cares? But, you know, you're establishing a lose, losing culture at that point with, you know, we're content with nine and three, ten and two. Uh, you got to get back to the winning ways. You got to make a trip to Indy. So there's different things you can look at. I'm just, you know, as a Michigan State fan, uh, I have Michigan fans. You know, I want them to be happy outside of when you know they're not playing us. Because I know, like being a Michigan fan and a Detroit sports fan, that's brutal. Even for Michigan State, you know, most of the time it is brutal too. But I mean, they something's got to change, man. Something's got something's got to give. I love that you said that though. You're like, you know, I, I have Mich- I have friends who are Michigan fans and I just want them to be happy, man. <laughs> I do though. Yeah. Like it's more fun. Like obviously like the game this past weekend was fun. Like, you know, the shit talking and stuff like that, but it also comes to a point, man, where you're like, you feel like you're, like you said, like, you know, it feels like it's the Atlanta Falcons or the Detroit lions of college football. But the difference is Michigan always has high expectations and it's always, you know, it's always the people on Twitter talking and then they lose and there's always an excuse. Like don't make an excuse for Harbor anymore, man. Just like call for his job. I don't really, I don't really have anything else to say besides that, you know, like oh, dude, win a big I'm game, win a big game or get out. It's, it's that simple at this point. I'm with you. And I think, you know, I, I wish, I wish like hell, I mean, don't get me wrong. Do I like to see Michigan doing as well as they are this year, even after the Michigan state loss? Absolutely. But you know, if, if I can, and I can, I feel like I can pretty much guarantee that we are going to lose against Ohio State. We'll see what happens against Penn State. I don't like our chances as they, um, as they are right now with Penn State. You know, looking a lot better, going to the horseshoe and only losing by nine points, which we could only freaking dream of doing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that. I almost kind of wish that he would have sucked this season and lost to both his rivals because I think it is easier for the university to fire him then because, you know, like I said a little bit earlier in the episode, the narrative is going to be, you know, we weren't expecting all that much out of the program this year. And Jim put together a way better team than we were expecting. And, uh, you know, we have confidence in him going forward and that's why he's coming back this year. So we're stuck with the guy for now. So with, with that being said, I pray to God that he can figure this shit out because, I, I mean, I can't. Nobody else can. There's just no reason to win every game besides the big ones. And you, you've, like, yes, there have, there have been times where you have put up a dud, you know, against Ohio State. But for the most part, every single Michigan-Michigan State game besides, like, 2016 when you guys were really, really bad has been very, very, very close. And it, mm-hmm. there's a matter of a few plays there that are making that record what it is. And it's... You know, that's, that's when stuff counts the most. When the lights are the brightest, that is when you are remembered. That's when you make your legacy. And Jim's got to – he's got to sure up this team. He's got to start performing, and he's got to start winning these rivalry games or else, you know, the 30 years from now, 
when Jim Harbaugh is wherever he is, if he's, I mean, he should probably be alive. I don't know. Maybe. Um, how are people going to remember him? You know, if, are they going to, and I'm not really asking you that because we know how people are going to remember him if he were to be fired right now, but that's what you need to think about. If you're Jim Harbaugh, look yourself in the mirror and be like, do you want to be remembered as the great Michigan football captain who guaranteed that they were going to beat Ohio state as a player and did it. And then you came in as a coach and you were a complete fraud and you, you know, basically made the entire university hate you after that, after they loved you as a player and they loved you the first couple of years. And, you know, Michigan needs has um, a lot of work to do uh, mentally as a program, I think, because I think physically they are there. They have the recruits, they have the coaching staff. And I think Jim is a good coach. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. Harbaugh is a good coach. He just has an Achilles heel and the Achilles heel is the big game, the rivalry games, the games on the road. And he's got to start getting it done or else, you know, he's going to be remembered completely as the only Michigan head coach that just flat out couldn't get it done against his rivals. And he's been very, like you said, he's been very successful. He's been successful as a player, successful at Stanford, successful uh, with the 49ers. So it's a little weird. Uh, you know, when you look at it now, how he just can't win a big game because he was able to, you know, he had, he has probably, you can't really compare it to the NFL, obviously, but he had better players here than he did at Stanford. Uh, just bait, like, just cause, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, he had, I'm pretty sure he had Andrew Luck and players like that, but at the same point, you're getting the bigger recruits here and you just can't get it done. And, you know, even in years where Ohio state, you know, like loses in the sugar bowl, you still can't beat them. That's the tough part about it. I think we're going to leave it at that. I feel like we got our thoughts out there with that game. So yep. let's, uh, let's move into our top 10. So I'm going to start at number 10 here. Kate, who do you got? Yeah. So just, you know, this is my top 10. So I'm not saying, you know, like who's better, like this is my preference, but this isn't like a college football ranking, you know, where you got to put teams over other teams. So I just want to get that disclaimer out there for my own list, at least. Uh, number 10, I'm going with the Pokes. You can put multiple teams at 10. I think that loss was tough uh, at Iowa State. I mean, they came back, beat Kansas by 52. Who cares? But, you know, there's some tough games in the Big 12 down the road, uh, at least for the, these four weeks finishing up. And I think the Pokes will hold strong. Um, I don't see much worse than 10 and 2. So, you know, I'll keep them at 10. Yeah, no, same. I'm lockstep with you there. I also have Oklahoma State at 10. I think they're doing very, very good things. And um, they just they just need to keep winning. 7-1, and one, I think it's been quite a while since they've been that good. They've got a huge matchup against Oklahoma at the end of the year. And, you know, what have we been saying about Oklahoma all year? That they are just, they're flirting with losses left and right. And someone is bound to do it this year. This year, they I don't think Oklahoma gets through the season with a loss or without a loss. I can't believe they've made it this far without getting one, but I'm really just because I'm so irritated with the Oklahoma program right now, really, really hoping the Cowboys can uh, spoil the Sooners season there in the last week. Uh, Nine. I got Wake Forest. I I hear a lot of people saying like if Clemson's logo was on Wake Forest's team right now, they would be in the top four. I don't think so. They didn't, they don't play defense. You know, they have to trust their offense. They give up 56 to army. Should they be ranked higher than whatever the college football rating uh, committee, you know, put them up? Maybe you can make the argument, but I think nine's comfortable for them. You know, they still haven't really played anyone tough. You know, they have you, they still have to play UNC. Um, I'm sure they have to play like Botech and Clemson still. I don't really know, you know, what their schedule looks like, but I, they have not had a tough start and they still have, four more games, they're going to get tested. So we'll see if they can do it. And, you know, if they win the ACC championship, they should be in. Uh, uh, they should be undefeated to do it. Our, they sh- will have to be undefeated to, um, you know, make the playoff. Uh, but if they are undefeated and win the ACC championship, I don't – some people have been arguing, like, should they be in? Yes, they should. I don't really see the whole argument for that. But, you know, we'll roll with uh, Wake Forest at nine. Uh, they play North Carolina. That's going to be a tough game. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Yeah, I would agree with you. Also going to have Wake Forest at nine. Kind of came out of nowhere this year. They're normally not a very, very good program. But 
I mean, they're doing great things this year. Could could you just imagine if they still had Kenneth Walker, though? Yeah, it's crazy. I understand why he transferred, though. When you watch their offense, I mean, obviously it is pass-heavy, but their running backs kind of do the Le'Veon Bell where they wait in the backfield and then, like, you know, take off. So, you know, I'm sure Kenneth was like, I want to be more downhill runner, you know, let me hit the hole hard. But, yeah, that would, their offense would be pretty crazy if they still had him. Also, just a quick question here before we move on to Nate. Does anyone know what a Demon Deacon is? No. I just remember from, like, the NCAA, like, the mascot games and, like, NCAA 14 or whatever, you know, it's just, like, a guy with a top hat. Uh, I can look it up right now, though. All right, while Cade looks that can, up. Oh, I guess I got to give my huh? uh, number 10. So you, you said you had Wake Forest at nine? Yeah, you got to give your eight. A Demon Deacon. You get anything? <laughs> Hold on. Someone's, yeah, it's pretty stupid, though. Oh, they're saying it's like a. An old Baptist deacon? I'm not really sure. I'm not really getting much, so that's weird. We'll move on, but yeah, go wake, go wake forest. They uh, got yeah, cool, no, they got cool I'm jerseys cool. and cool colors. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with them. Keep winning, absolutely. Um, eight. I'm going near Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> they lost, but you know, I consider it obviously a loss against a good team. I'm not going to move them too far out. Another loss, they would be out of my top ten. Uh, Shouldn't beat Indiana handedly. I know State struggled with Indiana. Indiana was coming off the bye, and they're away. I think Michigan takes care of them pretty easily, so they'll be eight for me. All right, for me, eight, I got Oklahoma. Like I just said, flirting with a loss consistently this season. Obviously, there is still problems there. Caleb Williams, I can guarantee you he is going to be the September Heisman favorite of next year, and he might win the thing. I don't know if I've seen many other – talented quarterbacks come in as a true freshman and play the way that he's played. But uh, the, the Sooners have a lot to, uh, to work on. They got to sure up that defense. You got to sure up that running game and uh, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But for now I got them at eight. Yeah, I got them at seven. Uh, you know, Michigan plays more complete games. Oklahoma hasn't lost. So I don't, I don't really love Oklahoma. Uh, I've talked about all year about some of these teams I don't like. Um, they have they play Iowa State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State to end it. I'm guaranteeing it right now. They lose two of those. I don't really see how they win. Um, you know, all three. I don't even see how they win two of them. I think they'll struggle, uh, just the way we've seen it. Um, you know, knowing my luck, they'll lose to Iowa State and Baylor, and then beat Oklahoma State like they do every year. But um, I I do think they lose two of those games. I just think you know they just can't play a complete football game, and then if they don't get up for those games, you know it's going to be a rough Saturday for them. Absolutely. Number seven, I got my Michigan Wolverines. Tough, tough loss last week in East Lansing. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier in the episode, they beat Michigan State in just about every statistical category, but yards per carry and overall rushing yards. I really do, as, as much as I cannot stand this program, I do think they have a very, very sound football team this year. And from here on out, it's just all about how you bounce back and what you can do with the less, the rest of the games you got. You know, you're at Penn State, you got Ohio State at home. There's still a, plat, a path to the playoff and uh, a path to the Big Ten Championship. You do need a little bit help um, on Michigan State's end of things. But, you know, let's, uh, let's focus up. We're not out of this yet. We're se- seven in my rankings and seven in the committee's rankings. So, I mean, clearly they watched that game and said, we really like both of those teams. So whoever ends up losing is not going to fall very far. Unfortunately for me, it ended up being Michigan. We'll see what happens the rest of the year. I got them at seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with me heavily on this one. I got Oregon at six. I still don't think they're a good football. I, I still don't think they're a playoff contender. Um, sure, they're a good football team, but I mean, they give up 29 to Colorado on Saturday. Colorado is one of the worst teams in the FBS. Uh, I just, I still don't trust their defense. Their offense is all right. They can run the ball. I still don't trust their passing game. Uh, but looking at their schedule, I don't know if they'll lose another game. You know, they'll win the Pac-12, and then you got to put them in. So I'm hoping personally that they lose, um, you know, whether it's the Oregon State. I think they play Washington. You know, I hope someone upsets them so we don't have to see them in the playoff because I think it would be like one of those Bama Notre Dame playoff games. So, I mean, I have them at six. I don't even know if I trust them at six. You know, I don't really see them beating any of these teams, but – 
out of respect for what they're doing in the Pac-12, you know, I'll keep them at six. Six, I'm going to go with Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, I've been high on this team, but, you know, one thing I kind of had a – I, don't know, I, I sat down and I thought a little bit after I saw the uh, playoff rankings come out. And I went and I looked at Cincy's schedule. Look how the rest of the AAC is doing this year. And I think one thing that was saving Cincy in the past is you at least had a viable um, AAC. You know, Navy has been good the past couple of years, always end up, you know, a ranked team. This year, they're not very well. I know you said they put up like, what, 56 against, um, who was that? Why am I blanking on that? Who did they put so up? That was Army. Arm. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Whoops. But Navy kept, it, I mean, Navy kept it close with Cincy when they played. So, you yeah. know, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think the strength of the AAC is there this year. And also, they played Tulane Saturday. Tulane is 1-7, and, and it was actually a game. So, mm-hmm. that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't bode well for Cincy. You're going to knock them down a few, few spots. I still respect them, though. You're the best non-Power 5 team there is. So, sorry, Cincy. And knock you down a couple spots. I got you at six. Yeah, I guess it's at five. I'm just going to bump everything you said and put it right there. Uh, they're going to have to win out, obviously, but I don't even know if that was the job done. So I'll go at five. Oregon at five for me. A lot of the same reasons uh, for you. You know, would they're just – are they good? Yes. Are they elite? No. I would – I've always wanted this. I would love to see how Oregon would fare with, like, a Big Ten or an SEC schedule. I really, really, because then we would really find out how good of a football team they are. And unfortunately, they aren't. They just dominate the West Coast. They dominate the Pac-12 because USC has just been absent for the past, like, 10 years, basically. So, not much to say here. Ducks at five. Yeah, and this is why, it's you know, it's our, our top ten. It's not the rankings. We understand that they put Oregon over Ohio State in the rankings because Oregon did beat them. I think that's the right move. However, I think Ohio State is the better football team uh, right now. And, you know, since that game, they've won in more dominant fashion. You know, Buckeyes at four. They control their own destiny. Got to beat Michigan State. Got to beat Michigan. And then, you know, you will probably be in the playoff if you do those two things. Like you did last pick, I'm basically going to – Bump everything you said right there with Ohio State. You know, ever since that Oregon loss, the offense has continuously improved, and you've seen them improve a little bit week by week on the defense. You're starting to see that point total for their opponents just get a little bit lower every week. So, you know, Buckeyes are doing good things. I got them at four. Uh, three of them going to Alabama. I think they were on a bye. Uh, it's not the same Alabama team. You know, the offense is still elite, but their defense just isn't Alabama tier. Who knows? You know, off the bye, you know, Saban will always get them fired up and they can come out and shut anyone out, it seems like. But, you know, I just, you know, beat – I mean, they beat Ole Miss pretty handily. Ole Miss isn't great. They only beat Florida by, like, two. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't agree. I don't think they should be in if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship, but that's a talk for another day. But I got them at three. You know, I think they do win out. Uh, we'll just see. I hope Auburn beats them, but I do think they went out. I would really love to put Michigan State ahead of Alabama, but I I just can't, man. I don't. I think. I don't blame you. I, I just was. I just wasn't going to do it. I think it's the secondary that leads me. You know, like if Michigan State at least had an average secondary, I could make a case for it. But. You know, if they – and we're talking down the line. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season. But, you know, if, mm-hmm. let's say they make the playoff. If they match up with one of those high-powered SEC offenses, Bryce Young and, uh, and the Crimson Tide, they're going to have – that secondary is going to have a hell of a time. You better hope that uh, Panashuk is all over Bryce Young's face because the secondary is not going to be helping you at all. So, I got Michigan State at three for that reason. Yeah, I'll be a below bias here, put them at two. I don't really think it matters until, uh, you know, they play Ohio State or Penn State for that matter. I mean, I think they play Ohio State first. So, but, you know, even this game on, I mean, we'll talk about it a little later, but even this game on Saturday is not going to be a fun one. But I still, you know, they're 8 0 and they're projected to be the worst team in the Big Ten. So, you know, it's one of the crazier storylines. And, you know, I just got to give them credit. Do I think the second best team in college football? Probably not, but you know, they're undefeated. One of the very few teams undefeated. And if they don't have to match up with Georgia, if they make it to the playoff, you know, I would feel definitely more confident than if they were the four seed. So I got them at two. 
Yeah, you don't want to mess. You don't want to match up with Georgia. Ain't uh, nobody no. want a piece of Georgia this year, including myself. And I don't. Yeah, and I don't really see a way where they play Georgia if um, you know they win out. I think they would be a two or a three. So it's a, yeah, no, agreed here. Um, number two for me, I got Bama. You know, not much to say. Bama is Bama, as you said. You know, defense not the same as we're used to, but it's a very, very high powered offense, and it's Alabama, man. You know what you're getting. Never count Saban out. Never count Bama out. Got them at two. Yeah, we both got Georgia at one. I, I can just speak for both of us. No team has looked more dominant. No defense is better. And he probably got a roll of Stetson Bennett because he's, you know, won them ball games. Obviously, their defense has won the ball games, but he's been competent QB, doing the right things, not making mistakes. So I don't really see Georgia losing a game. I don't really see them losing the Bama and SEC championship. I don't know if they'll lose a game all season. You know, they might just roll through everyone. Uh, so we'll see. And who's on the bubble? Yeah, I got them out with You know, Notre Dame's probably going to stay on the bubble for me. Uh, they don't really play anyone else, so they'll probably, they'll probably win out. But, you know, so one of the, you know, probably if any of these, any of my one through five loses, uh, Notre Dame will be put into the top 10. And then, Auburn's on the bubble for me. You know, they probably have to get another win for me to put them in the top 10. But I think they're like 12 in the normal rankings. So uh, I still think they're a good football team, good defense, good run game. Don't trust Bo Nix. But, uh, you know, Auburn does play the SEC well. And they usually play up to their competition. So I think they'll be fine. I, I think that's a pretty good pick. My on the bubble, I also do have Notre Dame. And I would tend to agree with you. They're probably are going to sit there because they don't really play anybody else the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And they had a huge loss to Cincinnati, and that you know that really kind of derailed their season from there on out. Uh, and then I got Baylor, man. Baylor is just a a small little program, small little town, Waco, Texas, man. And they have just they just figured out how to win this year, man. I mean, they're seven and one. They're playing good football. Beat the Longhorns last week. Uh, I think that's probably my last time picking the Longhorns this season. <laughs> um, so yeah. Baylor and Notre Dame on my bubble this week. I do. I like that. I like Baylor. You know, they're, I mean, they keep winning. You're not, you're going to have to put them in the top 10. So I agree with you on that. All right. Uh, It is Wednesday, November 3rd. Yesterday was the first time the committee came out with their college football playoff rankings for the 2021 season. We're going to recap the top six here. Got a few questions for you guys. Kate, why don't you go ahead and tell them what the rankings are right now? Yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but we'll go through them right now. We got Georgia at one, Alabama at two, Michigan State at three, Oregon at four, Ohio State uh, at five, and Cincy at six. So right now, Georgia would match up with Oregon, Bama with Michigan State. Um, I know there's most uh, most people have the same questions, so you know I'll ask you what you think. Are you surprised by Bama at two just to start it? I'm not surprised at all that Bama is too, because if there's anything that we know about the college football playoff committee, they love themselves some Southeastern conference, man. They want all the sec. Um, So no, I'm not shocked at all that Alabama is at two, but I also don't think it's like an egregious raking, you know, I mean, we've seen Alabama do Alabama things before when people counted them out, you know, Tua comes in at halftime and wins them a national title. And they're just, they're, they're such a good program when we can trust them so much. And I know they are having a little bit of a down year, but no, I'm not surprised, nor do I actually have a problem with them being at number two. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And when, you know, when they have put Alabama in the top four in the past and people have gotten upset about it, Bama has either gone to the national championship or won the national championship. So, you know, their resume shows that they do belong here, even with one loss. And Saban teams have lost, you know, those Texas A&M type games and have won the national championship in the past. So I have no reason with them at two either. Uh, surprised by Cincy at six, though. Also a no here. Um, if there's any, like Dave, this may be a little bit repetitive, but if there's anything we know about the uh, playoff committee, they don't like non-Power 5 teams. <laughs> and Cincy is one of those. And hey, since he's playing great, like I said earlier in the episode, I think the downfall of them, even though they are undefeated, playing great football, is this the conference they're in, the AAC, American Athletic Conference, is just woefully bad this year. And, you know, they just simply don't have the strength of schedule. So 
I'm sure we can chalk them up for another New Year's Six game where I hope they play good. I hope they come to the table and show the college football world why they do deserve to be in these playoff rankings. But I'm sorry. I just don't think it's their year. And that's, again, just due to the lack of talent in the AAC. Yeah, it didn't help them either. Um, You know, I took Houston to beat SMU last week. And after I took it, I was like, damn, if Houston wins, you know, SMU had one loss, Houston's got one loss, and it happened, and they took them both out of the top 25. So now even if they beat, you know, SMU during the regular season and Houston maybe in the conference championship, those two teams that they beat aren't top 25 wins. So their only top 25 win is Notre Dame, which is a great uh, win on the road. But Indiana being – bad this year worse than people predicted them to be also hurt them because they beat them as well uh so it's just tough man um until there's an 18 playoff or even a 16 playoff somehow uh you know it's just not good for you know the teams that don't line up with uh you know the alabamas the georgias the ohio states of the uh, country it's it's coming though since cincinnati be patient your time is coming this playoff is inevitably going to be expanded And if you still got Luke Fickle, you still have the program that you have right now that you've had over the past couple of years, not a doubt in my mind that you guys will make your way into the show, into the big dance, and you'll finally get your chance to, you know, go toe to toe with these big powerhouse programs. So just, just keep hanging in there, Cincy. You guys are going to get there eventually. Yeah. And you know, they've competed, they competed with Georgia last year. Maybe it was a sugar bowl. I don't exactly remember. So, you know, they can compete. Um, but if you're – since you got to hope that, um, you know, you got to hope Oregon loses, you got to hope Ohio State loses, you got to hope Bama loses. You know, you need one of those teams to lose another game, hopefully quickly, so you can see, you know, where the committee then ranks you um, and what they consider you. Uh, and the last one is just Oklahoma gets no credit. The committee puts them at eight. Um, we've been harping on it um, pretty much all season that, you know, we don't believe in Oklahoma – and I'm glad that the committee doesn't either because, you know, they haven't played complete games. Their defense doesn't show up. Their offense doesn't score against Kansas in the first half. There's different things that um, allow us to look at Oklahoma and be like, we don't trust that football team. And I'm glad the committee doesn't either. Now, if they went out, obviously, you know, you got to put them in. But I just don't think that'll happen. Yeah, Big Big 12 is a little, little shaky this year. I mean, it's always it's always been shaky. It's it's always been Oklahoma's conference and it still is absolutely. But no, like you said, they're just not the Oklahoma that we are used to normally and they are undefeated. So let's, let's not, uh, let's not take that away from them, but normally they have a much more comfortable um, ride through the big 12 regular season than they're having this year. Like I said, I think it's only a matter of time until they lose the, until they lose a game, really hoping for your Cowboys. What was their remaining schedule again? If you have it on the top of your head, you said it's like Iowa State. For Oklahoma? Yeah, for Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure it's at Iowa State, home against Baylor, at Oklahoma State. Yes. And I think they have the bye week this week. So yeah. it goes boom, boom, boom. Those are, you know, Ames, Iowa, Iowa State, Matt Campbell, Having a little bit of a down year this year, it's still a real hard place to play, a place Oklahoma's not comfortable playing with. Baylor, they're doing great this year, 7-1. and one. I, don't, I wouldn't want anything to do with Baylor. And then Oklahoma State, yeah, that, that speaks for itself. I don't think Oklahoma gets through the, these last couple of leagues without at least one loss. So not shocked that the committee's got them at 8. You know what? Maybe I am. I didn't think they would be that low, but I def- I didn't think they would be um, in the top four. No, no way. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even think my like opinion changes if they put them at seven over Michigan, but, you know, then they got to drop someone out. So, you know, I guess they respect, obviously they respect Cincy's. I think they're just going to beat, you know, one of those teams though and stay on the feet and then that looks better than Cincy's winning against Notre Dame, especially if they go beat Iowa State, beat Baylor back to back. I think things will change. But you want to get into uh, this week's preview? Yes, sir. Let's make some picks. Let's make the people some money, hopefully. Yeah, well, unfortunately, not many picks to choose from. We have a pretty down slate after last week. Seems to be a theme. We go back and forth, back and forth. So this is kind of the off week. But, you know, we still do have a couple good games. I will start off, though, tonight. 
Shout out to the great state of Michigan. We got some action going on. Central Michigan at Western Michigan uh, tonight at 7 p.m. So actually the game is going on right now. We're not watching it. So we are going to make our play like we don't know what's going on. Uh, Western Michigan's minus 10 and a half over under 67. Have you done any research? Do you have any input on this one or are you just oh, taking a random stab? Kate, I am very, very plugged in on the Central and Western <laughs> programs. You have no idea. No, I am Good. not plugged in at all. And no kidding with this this slate, dude. This slate, like if college football slates could be music, this would be elevator music. This shit sucks this week, man. <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, tough. Hey, let's go go into the picks. Uh, don't know anything about these two teams, basically. Uh, all I can say is I have a brother-in-law that went to Western Michigan, and I also have a horse mask that I wore at Western drunk many times. So go Broncos, <laughs> baby. Like them to cover. Yeah, I don't really know much either. If there's one thing I know about action on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, it's take the underdog and take the over. So that's what I'm going to do. I'll go Central in a big upset. Uh, they win the cover of 10.5, and, and I'll take the over 67. That seems like a lot for a action game like we saw with Toledo Eastern last night. You know, thinking to hit that in the first half, they really wanted to. So who knows what will happen, but, you know, it's fun to see them uh, go and battle it out uh, at Western. Uh, next game. The Demon Deacons, like we talked about before, number 10 Wake Forest at North Carolina. That's a noon game. North Carolina is minus three. The over-under is 76. That's like the third one we've had this season over 75, but it doesn't involve Ole Miss this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy over-under. Um, I would just like to talk with Vegas and the bookies. Why is North Carolina favored in this? I don't know. And for that reason – Demon Deacons, I like them to roll, man. I think they're going to cover this one. I don't see like, – like, seriously, I mean, I know they got Sam Howell, but the dude is basically the whole team. He's a man on the on a mission this year. So, you know, put a spy on the guy. He's got great legs, got a great arm. I think if they can contain him, they're going to have no problem winning this game. So, give me the Deacons to cover that one. What you just said is what Vegas sees when they make a line like this. You see it, you're like, I don't understand this line. I'm taking away Forest. Uh, it's kind of funny that you just said that. But I do think the QBs are comparable. Like, they kind of look like each other, and they kind of play uh, similar styles. So I guess it's which defense can make a stop uh, and, you know, continue to make those stops throughout the game or at least, you know, towards the end of the fourth quarter. But I'm going to – I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I love Wake Forest, but I'll take North Carolina to win and cover the minus three. Like you said, this line doesn't make much sense, and for that reason I'll just – I'll flip it around and take them. Uh, I hope Wake Forest wins. You know, I want to see them continue to win, but I do think North Carolina ends up inevitably inevitably winning this game. Uh, we got Liberty at number 15, Ole Miss. It's a new game. Ole Miss minus eight and a half over under 68. What do you like? I I can't believe we're covering this game. <laughs> I can't believe we're covering Liberty at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, man, the defense, not, not good. Matt Corral, awesome. I have no reason to believe that Liberty could beat Ole Miss. So Matt Corral, the Rebels, the beautiful baby blue uniforms, the baby blue helmets. I like them in this one. Give me them to cover. Yeah, I do think people will take Liberty. At least some will look at it and be like, yeah, I'll take them. But I'll roll with the other Ole Miss to win and cover eight and a half. Uh, probably the best, actually the best game of the week. Number 12, Auburn at number 13, Texas A&M. 330 game, Texas A&M minus five over under 49 and a half. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one, man. As you uh, you said, Bo Nix, not the most trustworthy quarterback, but Auburn's a tough-minded team. They're very, very well balanced offensively and defensively. They can play well on both sides of the ball. I don't like that it's at Texas A and M. I think the quarterback play is a lot better on A and M side of things, a lot more consistent. I'll take the Aggies to cover. Jimbo Fisher, man, he's he's got this one. I'm going to have to roll with Auburn, even though, like I talked about at the beginning, Bo Nix does, Bo Nix does like to lose me money, but I'll go Auburn to win and cover, and I'll go uh, under 49 and a half. Uh, last game, number five, my Michigan State Spartans at Purdue, 330 game. Michigan State minus three, over under 54. I mean, this is kind of like what you talked about with the North Carolina Wake Forest game, kind of the same type of line, except Michigan State is actually favored in this one, but might, you know, maybe should be a little more. Who knows? Yeah, I would agree. I do think they should be favored by a little bit more, but let's not sell Purdue short. They've they've had a solid season this year, knocking off Iowa. 
I know we, you know we've said some things about Iowa, but that defense is still absolutely for real. Not a good or not a not easy defense to score against. And Purdue did that. So, you know, I, I think this game is all about how Purdue attacks Michigan State's secondary. I think last week's game against Michigan, everyone got the confirmation that, okay, yes, you can attack Michigan State's secondary. So I, I think that really is the bread and butter of this game. That being said, do I think the Spartans are going to drop one after that performance uh, to Purdue with that sort of, you know, mindset that Mel Tucker has with them? No. So give me the Spartans to cover that. Yeah, I mean, this is a, like this feel trappy. Um, obviously, I'm going to take Michigan State to win and cover, but you know, if this line keeps going up and it gets to like Purdue over like four, maybe four and a half, you know, I'd look at it. I do like the under though. I do like Michigan State's defense to you know shut some people up about last last week or just play better. And you know, under 54, I feel like that's a lot of points with these two. Uh, and then just some extra picks. I got Stanford plus seven and a half or Utah, Georgia Tech under 63 and a half. Oklahoma State minus three at West Virginia. That's a lock. And Penn State over 55 and a half. All right. We're having some technical difficulties here at the Rise Network Studios. Sorry, we are not perfect. Not going to be able to give you a gimme five this week. We promise, though, we will be back next week with the gimme five of top five current college football coaches. We are going to have to wrap it up here. Mitch McCartney and Cade Lewitsky signing off. We'll give you two, give me five next week. Two, give me five. Give me ten, baby. Yeah, give me ten.